Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. I think I've mentioned before that the life of an entrepreneur isn't an easy one because not only are you responsible for promoting yourself, working whatever your product services, but it's doing all the social media, it's Google ads, Facebook ads, meta ads, whatever ads. I can't even keep up with it. And I've been actually pretty lax on keeping up with my social media, especially on Instagram. And then I wonder, why don't I have more followers? Why aren't people contacting me to know more about coffee and whatnot? It's because I'm actually not doing a very good job in promoting myself. But you do what you do and you do what you can. And what you don't know, you somehow figure it out. But it's not the best solution. And if you really want to represent yourself and have your brand be showcased and people noticing and wanting to contact you, you need to hire someone that will do that for you. Now, it's not just anybody. It's someone who knows branding, knows social media, knows digital marketing, basically knows everything that you need in order for your brand to be out there, shining like this golden light, attracting people to you. My guest today is that person, and not just her, but she has a team that helps her make magic, branding magic, digital magic. Her name is Allison Shane, and her company is Starling Social. And I want to tell you a little bit about who Allison is and what is her business. So Allison is a writer, speaker, teacher, and mentor. Her business, Starling Social, is an award-winning full-service digital marketing agency with a combined 100-plus years of digital marketing and advertising. She has a team of 10 which includes herself, of course, that fulfill absolutely anything and everything that you need for your business. And I love her tagline, every brand tells a story. Please help me welcome Allison. Hey, Allison. Hi, good to be here. Good. I'm so glad that you, we finally connected because our schedules have, haven't really meshed. And so, you know, ta-da, everything's working today. So I love it. 
Yeah, same here. So we actually met, it was, I think, 2014, and it was a Manitoba tech company. I can't remember exactly, Tech Digital? I forget. I feel like I met you at a networking event that one of the nonprofits put on, and then we kind of just kept bumping into each other. I remember you from, what was that jail event you did? Jail and bail. <laughs> jail and bail. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing I remember the most is the jail and bail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because you're right. We did meet at a ne- networking event and I can't remember what it was and it doesn't matter because that would have been, oh my goodness. Like, like almost 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years. Wow, 10 years goes by really fast. And and because we connected at that event, and then when it came time to do my jail and bail, because I was working for the Canadian Cancer Society at that time, and I was trying to think, who could I invite to be in the jail? And I thought of you, and I thought, you know what? You are just like so fun and willing to try almost anything. And you're like, sure, I'll I'll be arrested. I'll you know I'll I'll be in the jail. And uh, and and man, oh man, like those ju- orange jumpsuits don't look good on most people. But you were able to rock it. So I'm just I'm just saying, you were you were a stylish jailbird. <laughs> I appreciate that. Do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I know that you've told me the story about your business and I know that you've posted it on your website and, you know, if anybody wants to go look and and they can find it, but I just want our listeners to know what made you decide to name your business Starling Social? So I'm a writer first and foremost, so I'm very interested in layered meaning and metaphor and things like that. And so I think when you and I met, I think I was just a freelancer at the time. I was just working under my own name and Within about a year or so of working for myself, full-time freelancing, I started to need to build a team. I was really lucky. Starling has scaled pretty fast. And I started shopping around, like looking at words online and trying to think of ideas that represented what partially my values, but also were interesting and creative. And, you know, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm, it's a female led agency, female owned agency. And I wanted something that felt a little bit feminine without being overtly so. Um, And I eventually settled on Starling. So I'm, I feel like the older I get, the more into birding and bird watching I get as well. I don't know if maybe that's just a thing that happens as you get older, you get into like quieter, nerdier pursuits. Um, (laughs) But I've always been really interested in Starlings. The expression, a murmuration of Starlings is is a phrase that really captured my attention when I was younger. Um, a murmuration of starlings, for those who don't know, is so a starling is a songbird. They're these little small birds and they move, they live in packs. And when they move, they move in these big kind of shapes to create these patterns in the sky. And I've always thought not only is the physicality of how they move really beautiful and kind of entrancing, but the murmuration of starlings was a really interesting, like rhetorical description that I, I kind of latched onto as a young person. So starling felt kind of natural because of that reason, but then I dug into it a little bit more. And so it's a songbird, but a starling is also a mimic. So what that means is that in the wild, a starling can mimic sounds it hears for protection, like they're doing it for protection, but it can mimic other sounds. And I thought, this is such a perfect metaphor for digital marketing, because as an agency, our job is to sound like our clients. So we have to mimic their brand, like their persona, the tone, the voice, everything. 
And so it just, the pieces kind of just fell into place in this really beautiful way. And yeah, I've had a couple of people ask me, do I think I'll ever rebrand? You know, every so often agencies tend to do that. And I don't know that I would ever let go of this brand. I really feel a deep attachment to it. And like I said, from a a values perspective and the way that it aligns with what we do as a as a company and in our industry, it just feels like the perfect fit. So yeah, I'm very happy that I, I landed on that. And it makes total sense because you're right. It you are mimicking what your brand is for your clients because you are representing them and you have to represent their voice. You have to know who they are inside and out because otherwise it's not authentic. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so for instance, if you were to mimic what I was doing, you would want to, we would probably have a, a long meeting for you to find out all the ins ends and ins ends and buts and whatever about my business. And what I sound like in a sense in my social media and also on my website. And so that makes perfect sense. And I didn't know that's a new piece of information for me. I didn't realize that they actually mimic other sounds and you're right. That is a protective way of dealing with it. So they, they want to throw their predators off course, so to speak. So yeah, I love that. And, and I mean, the fact that you've been in business for nine years, almost 10 served you well. And, and I mean, it's identifiable as, you know, when people see Starling social, they automatically think of you and your business and your brand. So I I think that's so lovely. Thank you. Yeah. I've been, like I said, I'm very happy with it. I've also been in the process of exploring other ways to be value driven in how I promote the company and the brand as an example. So Starling is the social media sponsor for the QNET leadership conference. Uh, it happens once a year. And uh, this year we sponsored a breakout session. Um, so as part of the sponsorship for the breakout session, they allowed us to hand out like postcards or something or some sort of like physical media, right. To give to folks. And I've been to a lot of conferences. <laughs> I've done a lot of networking in my day. It's a part of the industry, right? You can't avoid it. But I thought, I want something that really stands out. What can I do that isn't, and no disrespect to people who do this, that's this, it's it's hard to find merch or items that are unique. But I was like, I don't want to just do like a stress ball or a lanyard or something that, you know, can be useful, but doesn't like hit home in the same way. So I went to a wedding last year where they gave out seed packets and I contacted this Canadian company um, who developed these, they're colored seed packets. You can choose the shape, you can choose the color. And for those who don't know me super well, I'm a very big gardener. I'm a huge sustainability advocate. Um, I've never owned a car. I ride my bike or take the bus or I walk. I'm in the Winnipeg car co-op. So I really try and live by my values. And gardening is a big part of my identity and building a sustainable future is a big part of that, right? So getting these seeds, which are wildflower seeds, they attract pollinators, they, you know, enhance people's yards and like natural landscapes. So I got these little business cards that had our branding on them and I chose a little purple heart and you can bury the purple heart and it'll grow wildflowers there. And I have to say, like, I'm, I'm very pleased with this. I'm sure like you can tell by the tone of my voice. I really (laughs) love this idea. I'm so glad that I kind of ripped it off from the wedding industry. (laughs) But uh, it was a hit at the conference too. Like it was the piece that everyone was talking about. The keynote speaker mentioned it. There was like a guy who like rapped at the end and he did a freestyle about 
my card. So I think it's interesting that when we try and think creatively and when we really lead with our values and lean into the things that make us super unique, it like it pays off in spades, you know, in lots of positive ways. You know, and I can imagine the reaction of of people getting this beautiful purple heart. And it's interesting that you chose purple. Well, not because I can see in in the background there's a, there's a, pr- a purple wall there, which is nice. But you typically see the same kind of blue, green, white, black, and the fact that it was purple really stood out. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that people were sort of like gravitating to it, and no, no wonder it was mentioned several times. So kudos to you for coming up with something you know, so unique and and so special. And there's no ripping off anybody. It's like, you know, if they've got a good idea, why reinvent the wheel, so to speak, you know, take it and make it your own. So I think that was, that was brilliant on your part. Thanks. I was really happy with it. And the purple, um, for those who aren't familiar with our branding, Starling's branding is pinks and purples and like a sort of greeny kind of aqua color. It's very feminine. I'm a woman and I want that to be reflective in the branding that we do. I did a lot of research when I was looking for the types of colors and things like that. And I worked with a designer uh, who was excellent and developed it all for me. But a lot of, like you said, a lot of uh, agencies go with these very like business colors. It's blue or it's like a green or there's lots of red. And I wanted something that conveyed a little more femininity while still being, you know, like the, the main brand colors are a little bit on the darker side. Um, while still like looking professional, but giving us, you know, it helps our content stand out. Um, but it also, as I said, it just, it feels like mine. It feels like something that is an extension of me and our colors I would have chosen if I had just stayed a freelancer, you know? So the interesting thing about building out a business is that you kind of walk this fine line between your personal brand and who you are and what the brand is and how that like grows as an extension and almost like becomes a separate thing from you that's still very attached to you. It's a, it's an interesting, like it's an interesting um, area that I've had to to sort of learn to explore and to, to navigate over the last almost, almost decade. Yeah. Almost 10 years. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the idea of a personal brand and then your business brand and, you know, how are those two connected because my my friend Shana talks about that we are our own walking brand, mm-hmm. you know. So it's the way we dress, the way we present ourselves. You know, when you enter a room, people will notice you or not. They will recognize you based on maybe your brand colors, you know. So the fact that I mean, because you know you're all about branding, it doesn't make sense that you would go with something that was more business versus your brand, because you know you you definitely want to promote that, mm-hmm. but. Do you find that sometimes you're conflicted with what your personal brand is versus your business brand? Or do you feel that there's some, you know, some synergy between the two? I definitely feel that there's a sense of synergy. At the start, I struggled with it. Um, When I first started differentiating what Starling was between like myself and the actual brand, actually, I have a somewhat embarrassing story to tell about this. So a couple of weeks ago, I was hanging out with a very good longtime friend of mine. He and I have been really tight friends for over, I'd say probably about 10 years, actually, maybe a little bit more. And we were talking about authenticity. And I'm just going to throw a little bit of shade here. I feel like there's a lot of people, not like locally necessarily, but in my industry that just they come across as extremely like it's heavy handed sales, it's heavy handed promo. 
you feel like you're talking to a salesperson and not to an actual human being. Someone I look to as, as like a rep like the the representative of that idea. Like, I'm sorry, I hate Gary Vee. He's really smart, but I cannot stand his like oh hustle culture all the time like brand. I just I hate it. And <laughs> you know, he's very defined and he appeals to a very like a certain section of the populace. And good for him. Good for him. I don't want that, right? But as I was figuring out what I did want, like I look back at some of the stuff that we posted or I posted to the Starling social, like social media profiles back in the day. And I just cringe. You know, I feel like as we evolve as people, we do that. As my brand evolves, I did that. And so we were talking about authenticity in the industry. And he turned around to me and he was like, okay, I hope I don't hurt your feelings with this. And I was like, oh God, here it comes. Um, <laughs> he was like, some of the stuff you posted back when you were like freshly starling was pretty cringe. And I was like, I'm so glad you said that. Thank you for the validation. It sucked. And like, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was bad. It was just obviously not coming from like the deepest, most authentic part of me as I figured out what this brand was. And I was just like, thank God he called me on it. It was actually, like I said, very validating. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to figure out who you are. And when you start to build this thing that is separate from you, but is still yours, like I managed all of Starling social media, our blog, like now I, members of my team handle our social media, big shouts to Alicia, um, who does an amazing job with our social media. Um, she handles some of our blog content, so I don't have to write all of it, but I still do about 60% of it. Um, and I still write our weekly newsletter. And those are elements of the brand that I have learned bring me the most joy and are the things that I want to hang on to because no matter how many people I hire, Starling is still an extension of me in some capacity and I still want to be involved in it, right? So I'm a writer. Writing is just, it's my favorite thing to do. Um, I've written as long as I can remember, whether that was on paper or like old, very, very bad fan fiction that I'm so glad is probably gone now to blogging for like 22 years. So that came easily. That was an easy one. But the newsletter is something that I talk about a lot online because it's kind of my way of continually injecting myself into the company without being super heavy handed about it. For those who don't know what I'm talking about. Starling Social sends out a digital marketing newsletter every Tuesday. It's a weekly newsletter. I see you putting your hand up. I know you subscribe. Yay. Um, <clears throat> I hope I hope it's useful. And the reason that I started doing this newsletter was, one, I started getting a lot of newsletters from other agencies that I follow, like, um, or service tools like SEMrush or The Hoth or Buffer and tools and companies that I follow because they have a lot of insightful information. But I don't need, like, three emails a day. I don't really care that you put out a brand new blog post. You don't have to send me a single email about a blog post. I'll find it. I use an RSS reader. And so I started thinking about, again, coming back to like, what are my values? One of my values as a marketer and as a business person is to empower others. I want to provide value. And the best way to provide value is to empower others to do something. Now, because I send you a link doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become a TikTok pro, but at least you can read about it. You can feel like you understand it a little bit more. And if you decide to work with a partner, hint, hint, um, 
you can feel confident when we come to the table together that we're developing a strategy that you understand, right? That's a big, big part of what I do. And it's one of the reasons I do so much teaching. So I was like, what can I give people continually that is useful and adds value and is empowering? And so I was like, a newsletter. So once a week on Monday morning, I sit down with my coffee. I pick, you know, I read through like every day I read stuff. That's my job. My job is to be ahead of the curve. Um, but I pick, you know, some of the breaking news. I pick some articles that I feel are timely and relevant and have like strategies that I would want both my team, but other people to know as well. And then at the very bottom is my favorite part. We have like an extra goodies section. And by we, I mean me. I don't know why I said that. But I write the rest of the email in the third person. So it's like, hey, so-and-so, we're coming into your inbox today. We hope you had a good, because it's, you know, the team sends me stuff from time to time. But, you know, but the reason that I do that is so at the very bottom, I can differentiate this like little extra section from me. So it says, it always starts with, hey, yeah, Allison here. Here's a dumb article I found and why I think you'll like it. I hope it makes you smile or whatever. And that ability to inject that into our brand is something that I just, I love. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Like I love putting this thing together. It's very much my baby. And I'm just grateful that, you know, it took me some time, it took some years and apparently some cringy content, <laughs> but you get there in the end and figuring it out is part of that process, you know, and everybody goes through it. And as long as you are willing to try new things and to forgive yourself when maybe you put out something that's a little cringe, you know, you'll arrive at something that feels meaningful to yourself and is valuable to others as well. You're absolutely right because we all have to start somewhere. And I think for some entrepreneurs, and I'm going to say women because men have no problem figuring it out. It's like, yep, I'm going to do it and I'm going to go and get it done and, and that's it. And for women, it's like, you know, I got this idea and I, you know, but I don't have a website and, you know, I don't even have so, you know, a Facebook page and, you know, what can I do? And, and I, I can't do it. I have to wait till I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I have to wait till I'm ready. And you know what? We're never ready. So just do it. Just start it. And that's what you did. Like sometimes you don't know what you don't know, but you just figure, well, I got to start somewhere. So I'm just going to throw out this cringeworthy stuff, which at the time <laughs> you probably thought, you know, hey, this is pretty, pretty good stuff, right? And I'm yeah. getting it out there. And then as you say, you know, you're evolving and you're you're learning more, not just about yourself, but about the world around you. And it's like, okay, well, that was that and that was then, but this is now, and now I have to, and as you say, stay ahead of the curve because you always have to be one step ahead. You want to be one step ahead of your clients because your newsletter, for instance, is a perfect example of that. Because I don't have the time to do the research that you're doing. I don't have an RRS feed. I don't have time. I'm, I mean, I have enough time to do exactly what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And so when I get your newsletter on Tuesdays and I, I click all the links and it's like, oh, so what's new now? And what's, what's, this, what's the goodie that Allison has? And, you know, oh, I had no idea about that. And, and so for me, and I save them. I know. <laughs> I do because. Well, okay. Oh, that's so great. Honesty here. I don't save absolutely everyone, but okay. what I do is I save the ones that I feel are really speaking to me that I can refer back to and think, oh, um, what was that thing that Allison was talking about that had to do with this whatever? And then I go and look and it's like, yep, there it is. And I click it. And so 
I know sometimes you wonder, because I don't know how much feedback you get from people, but you know, sometimes you must wonder, it's like, okay, I'm putting this out there and I don't know if anybody's reading. I don't know if anybody cares, uh, but I'm still doing it. And you know why you said, okay, first of all, it's your baby. I totally get that. But you mentioned something earlier in our interview where you talked about joy. And joy is one of my core values. And what I look at getting involved with something, I have to look at as, does it bring me joy? Does it bring others joy that I'm, I'm offering whatever it is I'm doing? And I don't think about, you know, is somebody listening? Is somebody paying attention? And every so often, you know, I'll get a, a message or someone say, oh, I loved your episode about whatever. You know what? That's all I need. I just need to know that somebody out there is listening. Somebody out there is reading my newsletter. Somebody out there is taking all that work, which is not really work when, when it's joy and it's something you love to do. They are getting some value out of it. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, that's what matters, right? Yeah. You might hate this. I know exactly how many people open my email. I know exactly who they are and I know exactly Ooh. what they click on. Of course, I'm a marketer. I live <laughs> for data. One of the things, <laughs> one of the reasons, honestly, one of the reasons that I have my newsletter is it informs the content that we make and it informs what I write about because I want, like, as a marketer, I use data to make decisions, right? I'm, you're, to, to some degree, you're totally right. I think that there is, it's important to do the things that bring you joy, regardless of the return on investment. Or if you get like my, my similar to that is I blog. I have a personal blog. I will probably always blog. My blog readership has ebbed and flowed and I don't really look at my analytics anymore. I just write when I feel inspired to write. And that's like my happy output with my newsletter. It is, you know, I'm a marketer. It's a lead gen tool. Lots of people become clients of ours because they read my newsletter again, empowering people, et cetera, all that stuff I just said, but it is super fun. And it is something that I really enjoy. There's a quote I saw on Instagram a while ago. I can't remember the account now. I wish I could, but it was one of those like statement posts. And uh, it went, the more fun I have, the more money I make. And I thought, you know what? Like that is so true. And you know, it's, I feel like it's often kind of gauche to talk about making money or wanting to be successful, but you know what? Screw that. I like making money. I like having disposable income. I like traveling and we all do, right? Everybody, like we, for better or worse, live in a society where you got to make money. So if you're going to do it, try and do it and try and make money doing things that you enjoy, or at least like don't totally hate. Um, but I thought that that particular quote was so good for me as a business owner, because I can, I don't know about other folks listening to this, but I really like lose the forest for the trees sometimes. If something happens in my business, like we lose a client or a campaign doesn't deliver what we were hoping, like I get really down on myself. And as an anxious person, like I'm, I'm not sure if your listeners know this about me, I am extremely anxious. I have spent years in therapy working to overcome my anxieties. Business ownership has been a big part of that help because I've had to by the virtue of what I do kind of get over it. It's not just you because I know you're you're the owner, it's your brand, it's your baby and all the rest of it. And I had mentioned when I interviewed you that you have a team of 10 including yourself. And so you had mentioned Alicia who does your social media, but then you've got a team that handle different clients and different aspects of your business. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about our mutual friend Tinica 
I don't know if she is officially one of your 10 or whether she does some freelance for you. She's like, a, I well, Tinica's a freelancer, but she's like officially on the team in the sense that she handles, like she has several clients that are just for her. Like she's the main point of contact. She does it herself. I work with a blend and it's nice. It means that I can, I can be flexible in what I'm able to assign to people. People can let me know what their availability is, which work-life balance is really important for me. Like not for me, just for me, but for my team. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very, like, I tell people like, basically when you start working at Starling or if you're applying for a job here, I tell people, look, I never want to work in an office again. I hated it. I, I was a bad employee. I resented being there. I don't want to be in an office. So I'm never going to make you be in an office. I also don't care when you get your work done. I'm paying you a specific amount. You draw salary, you get a retainer or whatever. I don't care if you do it between the hours of nine to five. What I care about is, are you available to the client between work hours or in an emergency? But as an example, like Alicia, who like big ups, like she's just, she's so amazing. She's such a dynamo. She's got three kids and I will get emails from her at like one in the morning where she's working on something. And she's like, hey, approve this in the morning. Let me know what you think. I love that for her. I don't love that she has to work till one in the morning, but when I call her, she'll be like, you know what? I'm out at Costco with the kids and it's like 11 in the morning or something, or she's picking them up from school or like she'll message me and she's like, I'm working at the lake tomorrow. So my Wi-Fi will be spotty. Do you need anything before I go out of town? And I really work hard to give my team that support and flexibility and to be clear with our clients that we are a hundred percent remote agency and the reason that we are remote is because I think work-life balance is really important. And I don't believe that we do our best work during specific hours. I think we do our best work when we have time to sit down and be creative. And given the industry that I'm in, creativity and focus are like the number one thing, right? I never want anyone to feel like they're uh, like a butt at a desk for me or for our clients. That's really important to me as a, as a business owner. And I love that. I wish more business owners were like that, remote or otherwise, because forcing someone to sit at a desk from nine to five and you have to report where you're going. I mean, oh my gosh, uh, the managers that I've worked for in the past and the businesses that I've worked for, I look back and it's like, I'm surprised I'm still alive because <laughs> they were sucking the energy out of me, literally sucking the energy out of me. And once I decided that I was going to retire and get out of that and be my own boss, it just felt like, oh my gosh, why did I wait so long? But, you know, we, we talked earlier about when we're ready and timing and everything. And yes, timing is everything. And you have to pay attention to what is working for you. And it's feeling your energy, you know, because you talked about, you know, can I feel your energy? Absolutely. We're on Zoom. But regardless, I, I still feel that energy. And, and if we were sitting across from each other at a coffee shop, I would still feel the same kind of energy because it's it, like a big jazz hands. It's like, woohoo. Yep. It's your big <laughs> smile. It's your laugh. It's your, you know, it's, it's everything. And you know what? I'm not surprised that you are an award-winning agency because yes, of course, because you're, you're so approachable, your, your values and the client is what's important, making them happy, making sure that the brand is representing them. And I'm sure that, you know, you talked about losing a client. Well, it wasn't because they didn't like you. It probably had to do something else, but-, but Almost I always budget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the challenge of working in an industry like this. Like when the pandemic hit, we lost 60% of our monthly recurring revenue in two weeks. 
Ooh, ouch. That sucked. That was, yeah, well, yeah, because if you're cutting costs and you don't know what's happening and there's economic uncertainty, what's the first thing that you cut? You cut marketing. You cut things, which is totally counterintuitive to how marketing actually works. Like, I know I sound biased because I am a marketer, but- (laughs) The consistency in your posting and your content and like the way that algorithms look at the content you put out, whether that's on your website, continually updating that or social media or whatever, like you lose momentum if you stop and people don't think like that. But yeah, definitely um, there've been some ups and downs for sure, (laughs) but what can you do? All you can do is, you know, keep doing the things that um, like, like I was saying earlier, like. Don't lose sight of the forest for the trees. Focus on things that, like I was saying earlier, the more fun I have, the more money I make, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that like to kind of extrapolate on that a little bit more, when you enjoy what you do, when you are passionate about it, when it brings you joy, that comes through in what you produce. So that turns into more clients, more business, more money for everybody, right? It's kind of this like self-fulfilling prophecy. And when you bring a sense of like joy and positivity to what you do that that comes through right mm-hmm. like everybody has bad days there are days when i sit down at my desk and i'm like ugh this old thing you know but we all do that i would rather be feeling that way and working through those feelings for myself mm-hmm. and for my clients and my company and most importantly my team than for somebody being just a cog in a wheel i totally agree and i want to think about what you said about money that when you're having fun, you'll make money. There's that saying that if you do what you love, money will follow. That's right. Yeah, totally. It's as similar as they say. And I was in Cambodia earlier this year and I love the saying. They love to say same, same, but different. <laughs> it's, and it's their way of talking about how like every culture is kind of similar. Humans are the same, but different places have, you know, different unique aspects to them or different cultural like like differences between places where you live but ultimately humans are the same 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 but different I love that I love that yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that <laughs> Do it I love it I love that so much Hi it's Jenny we'll get back to the show in a moment but first I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's get back to the show. It does make sense because you're right. We're we're all humans. We all kind of act the same in some ways, but a little different, right? Depending yeah. on the industry, right? So so someone in marketing is going to be acting differently than someone in sales. I mean, you you talked about Gary Vee and, and and not just him, but there are others that are just so heavy-handed. And back in the day, it used to be that you were sales and marketing. You know, sales and marketing were together. And it's marketing. 
is marketing. Sales comes after marketing. And if you've done a good job marketing, guess what? You'll get the sales. But nobody wants somebody super, super, super pushy. I had a conversation with a friend of mine and uh, she was having a, a battle royale with her with her manager who was saying that you have to go out there and you have to sell sponsorships. And my friend is saying, well, no, actually, you're not selling sponsorships. You're building relationships. Mm-hmm. And when you have that relationship and you trust each other, then they're more apt to say, yes, I'm in and here's my money. But if yep. you come at them right away and say, hey, I've got a proposition for you and it's going to cost you X number of dollars. Nope. No, thanks. Click delete. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's an expression in my industry called a soft push Mm. and a soft push refers to, so I'm a, I'm a writer sort of, that's how I self-identify, but the slice of digital marketing where I feel the most comfortable because of my writing background, because I studied like rhetoric, I studied persuasive writing is content marketing, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what it sounds like. Content marketing is the process of creating a soft push. So what that means is that you encounter a useful blog post, you see some social media content that's really funny, you see an ad, you see a newsletter, all of these (laughs) different things that give you a positive impression of the brand and the products and the services that they offer so that when you need that thing, you've already been like softly pushed in that direction and you become more likely to buy or contact or whatever have you, whatever conversion that business is, is mm-hmm. looking for, right? So yeah, I completely agree. I tell my team and clients all the time, I'm like, we're not salespeople. We work with salespeople to create marketing campaigns that support sales initiatives, but we do not sell. We're not salespeople. That's not our job. And you're right. Like the acronym I used earlier was marketing s like s marketing and when i first started in this industry that's so one of my very first clients was um this sales consultant out of new york um this is a bit of a flex for me so i'm going to tell this story real quick he came to winnipeg one of my clients brought him in to do a sales like two-day sales like seminar and i was like well i'm a business owner i don't work in sales but i should learn sales it's related to marketing you know, scaffold my learning type thing. And the first day was really useful. I learned a ton. And the second day was more of like a one-on-one. You could meet with him for like a half an hour or something. And he would talk to you about being a salesperson, meeting your sales goals and blah, blah, blah. Um, I went there and I was like, well, I'm not a salesperson. I just do marketing. You know, here's kind of what I do. Um, And I sold the salesperson. He became my client. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, But one of the people, so we were doing like writing his blog content and LinkedIn thought pieces and social media and all this stuff, right? All the content marketing pieces. And one of the biggest things that he was into at that time was marketing. And this was like 2014, 2015, maybe it was, it was a while ago. Um, And this idea of those two things being one and the same, I think has kind of gone by the wayside, which is good for everybody. Um, but I definitely remember that acronym, like the marketing in tons of content that we wrote. And I'm really glad that there's, there's become like a, a deeper, it seems that there's a deeper understanding of the differences between those roles. They relate to each other for sure. Um, and they should work in tandem with each other, but a salesperson is not a marketer, just like a marketer is not a graphic designer, (laughs) you know, like 
it kills me when I see like roles posted online and they're like, we're looking for a, you know, for a, for a content marketer. We're looking for a social media manager. You must be proficient in copywriting, social media, Google ads, Photoshop, Illustrator. And I'm like, none of these things, these are all different things, my guys. Like, anyway, that's, I don't have to look for jobs anymore. Thank goodness. Because um. I, I would go into interviews and be like, this actually isn't like, I can do these things and I will, you know, you can give me a salary based on these items, but I can't do these things for you. Spoiler alert, never got those jobs. Um, it's a reason I work for myself. <laughs> like I, said, I, I, um, I used to think I was a bad employee and maybe in a way I was, but I just had a very specific idea of what I can bring to the table. And I really believe in, um, I think being a generalist can be good in certain ways, but when we lean into our strengths and recognize that other people with strength, like more strengths in those areas can support us, we do better work in the, in the end. Um, but anyway, that's my little rant about hiring in, in the marketing world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny when you were describing it, everything that was in that uh, job post, I'm thinking, well, that's like five different people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so no wonder they couldn't find, they, they probably never hired anybody for that because, or if they did, they knew a little bit of everything, but a little bit of something is not that great. In fact, it can be actually dangerous because exactly you come, right. right. You come in with thinking, well, I'm not really a graphic designer, but Hey, I'll give it my best shot. Mm -hmm. And, and what does that tell you? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? All I have to say to that is bless Canva. Mm -hmm. I don't know if your, if your audience know what Canva is. Canva is like a Photoshop for dummies like me. It's got lots of templates. It's super easy to use. Um, we have a branding specialist at Starling. Like we have like Chelsea who works for me is incredible. She actually does graphic design, Photoshop, InDesign, et cetera, et cetera. But the rest of my team, they're like, what do we use? I'm like, go use Canva. It's a social media post. You don't have to like break the internet to create something. You know, <laughs> as I said, be creative. Don't overthink it too much. And, you know, like find ways to be efficient and optimize your workflow. You know, I talked, I, I know I said earlier, like I like, be, I like efficiencies. Um, a tool like that is a way for my social media managers and account managers to be efficient and let, you know, the folks on our team who are experts in those areas do that you know so they would liaise with Chelsea who would give them like the logos and the branding and the assets that she's developed and then they can take that into Canva create some social content write the captions you know develop the strategy and coordinate together versus like I'm gonna hire a single person that I need to do every single thing and then they're gonna get burnt out and they're gonna hate their life you know what I mean again coming back to this idea of enjoying what you do when you work if you are doing something like working in areas or specific niches of the industry you're in that you enjoy is going to increase employee retention. It's going to, you know, help people feel like they can balance their work better because they're not wasting time trying to do something that naturally they either aren't very good at or don't like doing. So they kind of like dick around or like they're not as efficient at it, you know? Um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting, like, Going from employee to to being a manager now is something I never thought I would have to do. I never, I didn't think I had it in me to lead a team. And I, I don't know, I don't like toot my own horn too hard, but I can't see myself doing anything else now. Like I really am grateful 
And I mean, part of that's having a good team too. Like I'm extremely lucky at Starling. The people who work for me are so smart, so creative and just are so excellent at what they do. So that makes it easy. Um, but yeah, I definitely couldn't see myself doing anything else at this point. I try to be, you know, remember where I came from. Yep. And you know, there's nothing wrong with being humble because that keeps you grounded and it keeps you accessible and, and understanding who your employees are and giving them what they need. And, and I love that you recognize what their strengths are and I guess champion them to lean into those strengths, you know? So if you're really good at that, you do that, you do that. And if you don't want to do this or you can't do this and it's not your interest, then don't do it because what you're doing is you're forcing them to do something. It's like, for me, if I go against my energy. So if I'm doing something that brings me that energy and and I can tell in my body because human design, it's either a hell yes or a hell no. Mm -hmm. And if it's a hell yes, I'm doing it a hundred percent. But if it's a hell no, it's like, eh, no, I don't think I want to do it. But then if I actually like force myself to do it, or maybe I have no choice to do it. And then it's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I'm just like, I'm like, you see dicking around and it's like, you know, I really don't want to do this. So it's just a waste of my time. And the person that I'm doing it for. So why waste each other's time? Tell me what you want me to do. And if I if it's leaning into my strengths, I will give you 150%. Absolutely. And I try and, you know, like I handle like business development. So when we meet with the client, I meet with them. I talk about what their needs are. And then I bring it to the team. And I say, okay, these are the things this client wants. These are the things I think they need. What do you think you can handle? What aspects of this do you want? those types of things. Like I, I feel like it's a good idea to check in with folks, you know, don't just assume, Mm -hmm. always ask and try and be as collaborative as you can because collaboration empower, like, I feel like I keep coming back to this idea of like empowering creativity, but Mm -hmm. I'm a creative person, you know, and I want to foster a work environment where the folks who work for me feel like it maybe not okay again you're not excited every single day about what you do but enjoy the work feel like there's value in the work feel like I see them and I value them which I really really do and I really I really try hard to convey that to them but that's that's my job you know and Mm -hmm. I've for better or worse I've worked for a variety of not so great managers like as as an example I got into I got into a screaming match with my boss once. Well, I wasn't screaming. He was screaming at me and I was crying oh, wow. um, because I took, so I used to work at a place before I worked for myself. Um, it was a smaller office and I had unlimited sick time, which cool. Great. I took a sick day in January cause I got sick. And then in February I took two more sick days. I worked from home during these sick days. I just wasn't physically in the office and the sick days I took were Thursday, Friday. I came into work on Monday and my direct superior in this office, there was only four of us. So it was me, her, and then the two guys who kind of ran the office. Um, and she was like, so, so-and-so bought like company owner. Um, he's pretty upset. You took this time. He feels like you're abusing your free sick days. And he calculated out that at this rate, you're going to use up 30 sick days this year, which rude. How dare you? So I was messaging my partner, now husband, about it. And I was like, what do I do? And like, bless him for pushing me in the right direction and for encouraging me to be more assertive and stand up for myself. Because as an anxious person, my tendency would have been at that time to like sit down and take it. Now I will not. 
been 10 plus years. But so I lifted up my courage and I walked into his office and I said, hey, I want to talk about the comment you made about um, me being sick last week. Uh, I don't appreciate that you extrapolated out like that. Um, I've never given you any reason besides take getting sick during flu season to assume that I would do that. And uh, I think you owe me an apology. Wow. And spoiler alert, that did not go well. Um, he tried to fire me on the spot. <laughs> and yeah, he like got out of his chair and was like pointing at me and screaming like, you're done. Like, pardon my friend. He's like, you're fucking done here. And I was just like, I'm going to have to quit here. I was already working for myself and building up my freelance business off the side. But that was kind of like the final straw where I was like, I can't do this. I can't mm -hmm. keep putting myself in positions where, you know, I'm working for someone else and I don't feel respected or I don't feel like I'm getting the support that I need or my work isn't being seen or valued. Like I worked at a different company, a big, larger agency here in the city. Um, and the president of the company noticed that I was working overtime and pulled me aside. And we'd had a chat about like what my you know future in the company was going to be. Where did I want to go? I was like super like, like entry level and like, basically this person saw that I was really trying to hustle for the company. And then like a week later I got fired because the, my direct superior, something happened. I'm still unclear about what happened. Um, but she blamed me and I got fired. And in hindsight, like I probably could have fought it. I probably could have gotten some sort of compensation or whatever, but those types of experiences, you know, sucked at the time. <laughs> they were great. But they taught me a lot about the type of boss and, you know, manager and like team leader that I want to be, you know. So looking back on it, I'm grateful I went through it. But it was, yeah, what, what's the expression? It's like, you know, you learn by doing. Um, so I learned by doing, but not in a great way. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that nobody else learns through similar experiences that I had. But yeah, so I, I think a lot about how those experiences made me feel when my team needs something from me or when, you know, something happens, it makes me feel frustrated. Like how, how do I convey that? Um, how do I treat my team? How do I talk to them about, you know, what they want to do, the type of work that they want, you know, the direction they see themselves taking with Starling and then their own lives. Like, you know, it's a, it's a learning process. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh my, Allison. Oh, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah. You know, just it's a long time ago now. Oh, I know, but you know what? Some of some of those some of those hurts never really go away. They they are less painful and less intense, but you think back and you go, you know, I can't believe that happened, but at the same time, I'm glad it did because I'm out of there. I never ever yeah. have to deal with that kind of a situation where I'm being abused, disrespected, and you know, oh my gosh, I just terrible. I mean, and and I think all of us have gone through something similar in different degrees. I mean, I I know I've dealt with a number of crazy bosses, and it's just like we've talked about some of the loony stuff. I and like I I feel so like we've talked about stuff you've gone through. You've yep. talked to me about this both on this podcast and outside of it. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I talk about these things publicly is exactly like you said, everybody 
I can pretty much guarantee every single person listening to this has some version of what I just said. A boss who didn't listen, uh, a manager who was disrespectful or who made assumptions about them or had a temper and like blew up on them and like had a toxic work environment. It's so, so common. And again, I'm not perfect, you know, but I really try and learn and reflect on what I have experienced and to not bring that forward and to talk about it, you know, like, again, bringing this like way back full circle, being value driven, <laughs> yep. right? you know, being a value driven person also means thinking critically about how you treat other people and how you incorporate negative experiences and turn them into positives that you can move forward and, you know, make a better impact on the world as a result. Absolutely. And I want to talk about the Canadian Cancer Society just for a second on a different note, because you have this, I don't know if you call it a tool, a separate business, the Hey Alpha. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey Alpha's on a bit of a pause right now. Um, okay. The pandemic kind of put a bit of a damper on it. Just events went away. Yeah. So for, for context, for those listening, I was in the process of building an event automation tool um, that literally writes campaigns for you end to end. We are working on it behind the scenes right now, but like AI is the thing, right? Like mm -hmm. ChatGPT and all of these AI tools are coming to the market. So we are looking at ways to integrate AI into the existing app infrastructure mm. um, so that we can maybe like bring it back to life in a meaningful way. But it's kind of been a bit dormant since the pandemic. And then I took a three month vacation because I just needed to leave. I hadn't gone anywhere. <laughs> so I hadn't taken a trip in almost three years, no, two years, sorry, two years, because we got married at the start of 2020, right before the pandemic in Belize. And then we didn't leave for two years. And I was like, mama's got to take a vacation. And again, like big props to my team. I could not have done it without them at all. But I went to four countries in three months. But yeah, came back feeling pretty good. And enough people ask me about Hey Alpha that I'm like, okay, we got to start, you know, kind of percolating on this a little bit. The challenge is that uh, I'm not a software developer. As I've said probably a billion times already, I'm a writer. My <laughs> husband is a software developer and he runs a, his own company that's a startup. So it's kind of like his job now. So if you want to, if you want to talk to him about that, um, just shoot him an email instead and you can like give him a little nudge for me. <laughs> but I yeah. loved, I mean, I mean the prototype that you came up with, I mean, we were doing an event and so you, you were, I think you were using me as sort of as a, as a guinea pig and I was like, Hey, let's try it out and see if it works. And I love the, I love the concept and I love the idea of what it could do. And, um, and then of course, you know, when I left, I mean, I had no use for it, but it just, it just came to me about that. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what was going on, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised it went dormant just because there was nothing going on, but I love the idea that you're thinking of bringing it back and maybe, you know, Hey, alpha point two or version two or. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, technically it's still version one. Cause we were going to launch the March of the pandemic. Like we mm. came. I remember being on the train from Windsor, where my husband's from, we were visiting family after the wedding, to Toronto to go home. And I was like, hey, we're going to launch this thing in like two weeks. And then a couple of weeks later, the whole world shut down. And we were like, well, can't do events. This is clearly not the time to launch this thing. And yeah, it's it's fallen like, and honestly, like for me, Starling has kind of done a hockey stick graph over the last couple of years. Like we lost a bunch of business within the first two weeks of the pandemic, like I said, but we made it back up within six months and the company is doing really well now. 
And so I've just kind of been prioritizing other things because it's his job to code it. <laughs> Honestly, the biggest, the biggest bottleneck we've been having is that doing ticketing well is hard. And we want to have an integrated ticketing system. I don't know. I don't remember if that was something we were talking about when you were a beta tester for us. I think you were one of our early ones. And it was super, mm -hmm. like super manual. But basically we're looking at doing like integrated ticketing as well as content generation. And that, again, don't write code. But my understanding from how stressed out my husband gets when I bring this up is that it is complicated. So hopefully I will be bringing it back at some point, but it's kind of on the back burner right now. We're sort of just like tinkering away with it and trying to figure out the best way to move the tool forward, considering all the changes that have happened since 2020 when we were first working on it. It's fun. And I even if that particular tool doesn't work out, like he and I are both the types of people we've collaborated on so many different like creative projects that honestly, some of which have fizzled out and it sucks. It is disappointing to not always see something come to fruition or to blossom into this thing that you want. But again, like it's a learning experience, right? And I think that as a creative person and as somebody who is now inclined towards business, as a quick aside, I do a lot of speaking with like artists. I do mentorship for like musicians and artists and things like that about their social media profiles and being creative. And I always come back to uh, the Danny, Danny, sorry, Andy Warhol quote. I believe it goes, business is the most interesting kind of art. And I really like that because we don't often think of those things as being the same, but as a creative person, I'm always looking for efficiencies. I'm always looking for new ways to build a business, to provide value, to make people's lives easier. And doing that feels like a form of art to me. Like that's, you're creating something out of nothing. You're being inventive. You know, you're making something that people get to enjoy or experience or that helps them. And yeah. So even if Hey Alpha never takes off, which I hope it does someday, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't wind up making something different in the future. I don't know. There's a couple things on the horizon. I probably, I almost said something, but I probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't. can talk about this after the podcast, after if you want. No spoilers, like, no spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> but, it, but that's exactly what I mean is we're like, I'm the type of person who's always kind of working on something. Sterling is my full time, but I like to have projects on the go. You know, it's mm -hmm. fun. Yep. It is fun. And, you know, I like how you refer to businesses as art. I mean, you know, quoting or para paraphrasing Andy Warhol, but I, I also see it as a dance, you know, like yeah. you, you're, you're dancing, you're moving. And sometimes, you know, it's either, you know, contemporary dance where you're kind of making stuff up on the spot or, you know, hip hop or jazz hands or ballet, or you're just, you're moving and, and it's, it's, you're adapting and in dance, you're adapting to each other to what the circumstances are and making it personal for yourself. Yeah. And out of that comes something beautiful. And then it's an art because dance Ooh. is art as well, right? I really like that. That is a very, like, that's a very apt metaphor. I'm totally, I'm going to steal that one. That's, okay. that's fine. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to steal that for sure. Watch for my LinkedIn post. <laughs> I'll credit you for it. I'll credit you for it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> So what's next for you besides not talking with the spoilers? Um, well, I mean, this year, you know, Starling's been on a pretty great growth trajectory. I'm really excited to see where the company goes. I started working with some sales folks. And again, like I, I said earlier, you know, know your strengths. Um, I suck at cold. I suck at sales. Like I can close a deal 
if you get me in the room, I can close. But I hate cold calling. I hate the outreach. Like I just inbounds fine for me. Um, most of Starling's business to date has been referrals, but to scale to the extent that I want, I need to help. So I've been working with a sales team, which has been going really well. So professionally, that's kind of my goal. I want to start. Actually, that's not true. I have been doing a little more of that. So since I got back from Asia um, and going away was such a great opportunity to reflect on the parts of the business that, again, bring me joy and that make me excited and that help me bring my best self to this business. So doing more of that, taking more meetings, strategy development, more creative parts of the business is kind of what I'm hoping to lean into as we continue to grow and scale. And on a personal level, I want to travel more. You know, now that things are opening up again, as I said, I spent three months in Asia. I probably won't be going away for three months for a little while, at least, probably <laughs> at least not another couple of years. But that was definitely a good test. Working remotely, I, I worked ahead extremely aggressively. And again, I have a team who support me. So I worked ahead on all my pieces and I gave them a framework for support or for the things that I needed help with while I was away. Um, but that was a really good experience. Um, like I remember sitting in Japan on the Shinkansen, which is the bullet train, looking out and literally like there, there's an announcement that comes on and it's like in Japanese and it says like Mount Fuji is visible on the right. And I'm sitting on my laptop answering emails, looking at Mount Fuji in Japan. And I just remember thinking like, how is this my life? I built this beautiful thing that I love, that supports others, that's like my team, my clients, and allows me to do something I love, which is travel and get to experience different cultures and honestly, eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> travel to go eat somewhere. You're a foodie. You're a foodie. I am. Listen, you've seen my Instagram. I, know I have. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just sort of that's that's kind of where we're at right now. More of the same, the better is kind of yeah. the way I would describe that. I love that. I love that. And I, you know what? I can't wait to see what you create and what special, wonderful magic you bring to the world. Uh, thank you. I, I also am. And like, again, big ups to my team. They're the ones who are really like hustling day to day, like really making the magic happen. I'm just like behind the scenes helping out. It's kind of how <laughs> I feel, you know? Like I'm here to support them and to, you know, find ways to be creative and find joy in my work so that I can keep growing this thing that hopefully allows them to do the same. Yep. And you know what, as, as someone who is a business owner, manager, creative force, that is the best gift that you can give to your employees. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. You're welcome. And thank you for being on. I, I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, I can't wait to do it again, but maybe over a cup of coffee. Yeah, that would be great. We'll have to have to connect IRL sometime soon. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So until next time, if you need some assistance with your branding, you're a little behind on your social media, or you just want to collaborate with someone who is inspirational, magical, a badass person who only wants the best for you, who has a team of wonderful people who are going to honor who you are and mimic your brand. Oh, I see what you did there. 
and your voice. So I highly recommend you reach out to Alice and Shane at Starling Social because that will be one of the best things that you will do for yourself and for your brand. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.